You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there. This is the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today, I've got a fantastic guest with me, and her name is Vic Allen. Hi, Vic. Hey, how's it going? It's going absolutely fantastic. I mean, the sun's out. It's amazing. I can't believe it. I mean, we were just saying just a second ago, it's so warm. It's really nice, though. I don't want to be complaining about the heat because it's just too British to do that, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I mean, we complain when it's cold. We complain when it's hot. We can't win. (laughs) I like it like this. I like being able to just... I think my favourite thing is being able to go outside and not be like, okay, how many layers am I going to need? I like just just going out and not having to even think about that. That that that's the main thing. I mean, come you know a couple of weeks ago, even you know we was complaining of the rain, we were complaining of the thunderstorms, we were complaining of this, that, and the other. And now today is just so nice. I'm so grateful. So you've got a song out. I have. I'm really excited about it. I can. Tell me about it. Tell me what was, what was the inspirations towards it? Okay, so a couple of years ago, I was in a very, very long, long distance relationship, like 4,000 miles distant. Yeah. Um, so that was obviously never going to end well. But um, it, it ended because I just wasn't really, apart from obviously the distance was an issue, but also I just didn't really feel like I was in love, which is a, an awful thing to happen, falling out of love. It's a, a horrible thing. Um, but sadly, worst. I yeah, so um, we broke up over the phone because obviously I couldn't, you know, go over there. And so it was a very long, it was like four hour, a four hour phone conversation. So it was quite uh, brutal. Um, and it was pretty sad. And after we hung up the phone, we had this like long chat about it and we hung up and I just sat on my bed, like just thinking about everything. And I was kind of thinking how I wished, like I wished I loved this person, but I didn't. And I wished that I like, couldn't live without him but I could yeah and that kind of like became the song so I literally like like five minutes after we broke up I sat there and like wrote a song um and it was it's really nice actually because it it was one of those songs that kind of like almost writes itself um which like rarely ever happens with me but when it does the best because it just like it all comes out so obviously I was feeling very emotional and it's all like well yeah. Um, actually, like it's actually probably my favorite song I've ever written. Probably just because it's so like personal and it's it's like everything I wanted to say there in the in the song. Yeah, it's just so it's just so you. I mean, four hours on the phone. Yeah, it was long. Oh my, I can't remember the last time I was on the phone for four hours, let alone. I know it's crazy. I mean, we used to have we used to have long long chats anyway, like when we weren't when we weren't breaking up. But um, but yeah, it was it was really like sad, really. Like, because you don't just you don't just like if you're if things are good, it's not like something's happened. Yeah, it's like not working out. It's really sad because it's kind of like you're like ending a friendship almost. Yeah, that, that's always the risk you've got as well, though. When you eventually go from that like, friendship phase to that relationship phase you kind of like severing any ties of having a friendship really. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it was like really sad. It'd be, it'd be worse if someone was like a dick to you and then you were like, Oh, well I'm better without him anyway. It's like sad. And when nothing's actually gone wrong. Yeah. I mean, end of the day, you know, long distance is just so difficult. I mean, I can't, I can't even fathom to 
think of what it's like. I mean, I know people who have got long distance relationships from like the UK and Texas. Yeah. But it's just, I know it's difficult. I know there's so much, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So that's what the song's about. So that's the song. <laughs> How long ago did you write the song then? How, what kind of time frame were we talking? So it was early January 2018. I see you've had plenty of time to... Yeah, so I've been playing it live. I've just been playing it live for ages. Um, and I really liked it, but usually, like, when I think a song's really good, it's, like, not as well-received. And then, like, my like fans and people think the songs I think are less good, like, they're more popular. So I wasn't thinking people were going to like it because I really liked it. Um, but it's been, like, really like people have really liked it and those people said it's their favorite and stuff so I thought why not record it and I was going to wait um I was going to wait way into the future to record it because obviously I'm independent and it's like hard to get stuff heard yeah so I was thinking like I need to have a you know amazing team around me to get this everywhere but then I was like what if that never happens and I just wait for nothing and I never get this song out so I was like I'm just gonna do it I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get it out so it's out now I mean end of the day end of the day when it comes to especially being an independent artist you're going to have those difficulties anyhow there's always going to be that you know will it be picked up won't it be picked up you know have I pushed it out there enough am I doing it too much you know it's it's a fine balance yeah it is difficult it's, it's been taken on by like Matt Spracklin and everybody straight away yeah, yeah yeah so he um he gave it its its first spin on country radio which is cool what was that? What was that like? Was it a phone call that you got from, or like an email where they said you're going to be the? Well, I, I sent it to him, um, like asking if he'd be interested in playing it, and then I think I think he was like super busy, and never like never got back to me, and I was like, oh no, he hates it. <laughs> and then um, someone was like, just just like email him and see if he liked it, and I I did email, him. he was like, oh yeah yeah I love it yeah I'm going to play it. Sorry, I forgot to tell you, <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> so I thought I thought maybe he didn't like it, and I was like, oh no, what? What if no one's gonna like it? But he liked it. <laughs> at least, at least you had that like fan feedback when you've been performing at gigs. You know, you kind of got an idea what it's gonna be like. Yeah. So yeah, so it's um, it's it's been really nice actually, and people have sort of said that they can. Sadly, they can relate to it, which is <laughs> sad for them, but that's that's always nice. Well. You look at the likes of like Taylor Swift and Adele, I've mentioned this before, you know, they're emotional, especially the breakup songs, are the ones that people tend to cling on to the most. I mean, negative emotions usually are yeah. the ones that we remember the most. So Yeah, and that's kind of when you need music the most is when you're like feeling sad about something. Yeah. You like need, you need like sad lyrics to help you be like, I'm not the only one. So I guess that's why those songs like hit people more. I mean, you can see the almost the change from like 20 especially the singles released in like 2019 it was like mm. a poppier you know a faster happier vibe but then you go into i can it's it's not as poppy <laughs> but it's you know it's definitely slowed down it's definitely more emotional to it mm. so yeah it's a kind of yeah it's a kind of different vibe i guess i've been work, i worked with a different producer as well um so in 2019 my enough ep was my first project i did with katie ray and she's like really good at pop production um and the tracks we did like i really like i really like her production on them and it really like worked um so that was really cool and then this track was with sue mcmillan and she's well i think she's good at everything really but <laughs> she um the way she's done the track it's like it's perfect because i wanted it like acoustic -y. that's all i had in mind was like i don't know i just want it kind of 
chilled and acoustic-y, but it's like we've got so many layers in it and harmonies and guitars and banjo, and it's like it's just really cool what she's done with it. So, I mean, Sue really... Nunn's just a goddess in herself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she's, she is. She's definitely really, really good at what she does. I mean, you you just look at I can. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you like it. I'm uh, yeah, I'm super happy. I'm sure we all more than like it. We all love it. Thanks. Now, you're also <laughs> Linda Conway's Artist of the Week as well on Voice of a Woman. I am. What is it like hearing that news? That was awesome. And we're going to do, um, I think on Friday, um, like a like a Q&A. So she's going to ask me like a million questions on Twitter. So I'll <laughs> definitely be active. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I'm active on Twitter on Friday. You need to make sure you have some energy drinks or some coffee or something just to get you going because there's a lot of questions. <laughs> what kind of like stimulanty drinks do you drink? You know, do you drink anything like that or is it just like juices well, and No like what? I actually um I drink a lot of tea. So I drink like several teas. I've actually got one on the go right now. But um because I drink so much tea, I Got, I got to the point where I was like worried about how much caffeine I was having. So now I've switched to decaf. And now if I have like one, I basically drink everything decaf. So if I have like one super strong coffee, it's like hits me so hard. I'm like literally vibrating for the rest of the day. So I actually like, I don't really have any kind of stimulants because like I'm affected by them way too much. I think I need to do that. I mean, coffee for me does nothing now. It, it's just like having a bottle of juice you know it's i'm oh, so okay. used to that caffeine i need to start doing decaf and then go back to the caffeine just suddenly yeah and then, it'll, then it'll hit you yeah i can have like one i can have like a coffee in the morning but if i have like more than that it's like too much <laughs> what drinks do you prefer do you prefer like coffees or do you prefer teas i prefer i prefer tea and i drink more tea but i definitely if i had to give up one i'd have to give up coffee but I do really like coffee, especially like like lattes. And Dad's got a coffee machine and with like a milk frother at home, and I've been like using the milk frother and making all snazzy lattes and stuff. And so I do, I do like fancy coffees. They're the best. Kind of, they're the best kind yeah. of machines. Yeah, I really want like a, a really. If I was like, if I suddenly won a load of money, one of the first things I'd get would be one of those really nice coffee machines that you get in like Starbucks with the with the the milk frother with the like hot air and you can make do latte art and I could like practice latte art and it'd be amazing oh that'd be brilliant that's cool thing to have in your house it's so fascinating to watch them do it especially like all the leaves and the love hearts and I I can do a heart can you do a heart do a heart yeah but I can't do anything else oh what you'll have to do is you have to do like a Instagram video and show us all your heart it's not a very good heart though but it is a heart (laughs) it's better than what most of us can do (laughs) Do you reckon you'd ever work at like Starbucks or Costa if you ever got a machine like that? In the in the past, I've worked at like little kind of uh, independent coffee places and bars and things. So that's where I would like practice, like practice my my art. There was one restaurant I worked at, and I like did a heart once, and then it like started a, a trend, and everyone that worked there was like trying to do latte art all the time. It, like kicked off this craze, which was really fun. Look at you, trendsetter! I know, can't help it. <laughs> it reminds me of working in a pub and what you got to do with like a pint of Guinness is once you finish the pint, you got to do like the four-leaf clover. Oh, yeah, I could shamrock. do that as well. Can you do the shamrock? Yeah, I used to do, um, I've obviously worked in a lot of hospitality and 
in my day. Um, but I used to do a shamrock and one of the bartenders used to get really annoyed with me and tell me it that was like, no one, no one cares about the shamrock, just pour the pint. But it was like a sort of sports bar. So they probably, probably no one did care about the shamrock, but I thought it looked nice. The thing is though, with the shamrock, it's like customary with Guinness. You've got to pour the Guinness in a certain way and it's got to be done right with a shamrock, yeah. in my opinion, anyhow. Oh. Got to let it settle for ages and then the shamrock will work. Oh, definitely. You've got to like sort out everybody else's orders and then come back to it right at the end. <laughs> when they've almost left, because they're like, okay, I'm never getting my drink. <laughs> what kind of like jobs have you had then? What are you doing at the moment? Obviously. So um, I've been living in London. Um, everything's kind of turned a bit crazy for obvious reasons recently. Um, and I was actually working at London Zoo. Uh, so I was a presenter. So I was, uh, you know, when you go to the zoo and people come see the penguins and you'll have someone on the mic being like, welcome to London Zoo, everyone. That was me. Uh, but sadly, that was no more because um, of financial troubles that the, the zoo were in. So um, that's pretty sad because that was really, that was really fun, actually. And it was a it was good. It was also really good for like my kind of stage presence. Like since working there, I feel like being on stage and the talking bit in between songs when I was like doing a gig used to always be my worst bit. And I'd be like, oh God, I'm, I'm so awkward. What am I going to say? And now I like don't even think about it because I have to literally present to like up to a thousand people at a time. Yeah. So it, that really, really helped. Um, so I'm really sad that that job's gone because that was actually helping me with my, you know, music in a weird way. Oh, I'm so fascinated. Like when you're presenting in front of these people, what happens if like the lions just suddenly just go to sleep in the corner and don't do anything or if... I'd have to be like oh I'm really sorry everyone I you know I was expecting to see some lions today but um definitely come back later on and they might be awake just like you know, really positive and and kind of be like tell them about them anyway and I'll be like if one does come out you'll notice that it's Maine is whatever now and then... <laughs> now obviously you've learned all that you've learned how to present yourself on the stage you know musically as well yeah what kind of things do you fill out your gigs with you know do you give like backstories on the music and backstories on life and then talk about the weather outside oh it's a bit wet out there isn't it <laughs> so I tend to just um usually just like introduce songs so um I have certain songs that have like better stories than others but often those will be the ones I like I know I'm going to talk quite a bit about them um, I mean, sometimes I'll I'll say things I've been up to, or I'll be like, "Oh, this song's coming out soon," but I, I don't. I'm not one of those people that's like super funny at like, "Oh, this really funny thing happened to me on the bus today." Like some people can just do that, and I just I just sound really naff if I did that, so I don't really do that. <laughs> Turn into Lee Evans. Yeah, I just can't really I can't really do that. So I am. Um, it's more it's more yeah stories about music, about the songs in particular. Do you, just before you go out onto stage then? Do you like? rehearse like oh yeah I did that song that that uh, you know I learned this doing that did you have like a checklist in your head where you go okay I'm now prepped not really I probably should I usually have like a set list especially if I'm playing with someone else like a, as a duo or whatever like I'll obviously have a set list um but I don't have like a script <laughs> but I, um, I have like I'll know if I'm going to play certain songs that I'm going to talk about them um but like I have done gigs where I haven't even decided completely what I'm playing until like the moment especially if it's like a writer's round and I kind of see how I'm feeling or if like my voice isn't feeling that great like I think there was one time that I'd 
I'd basically given myself alcohol poisoning one weekend, which was awful and my own fault. Um, and my voice at my gig like two days later was was shocking. Um, and I had to just kind of see what songs were going to work throughout the gig. So I like changed the set list in my head as I went through because I was like, oh, well, that song's not going to come out, is it? So, times like that, I will just kind of wing it. Do you ever change the key of the songs if your throat's feeling a bit hoarse, so you want to sing a bit, not as high, but a bit lower? I actually never do that. I probably It's probably a good idea. Um, but a lot of my songs, they like quite a few of them, they have quite a lot of, uh, like they go from low to high and then it's like too low or <laughs> doesn't sound as good. So I, I don't really do that, but maybe maybe there's songs where I could and it would, it would probably work better. What kind of... <laughs> When you're actually preparing your set list, do you have like a a like a group of five songs, six songs that you'll always be, you know, performed? Is have you got like your favourites that you love to perform? Yeah, so I'll I'll usually like um say it's a writer's round, I get like six songs. I'll try and always play like some that I've actually released because I, I actually really enjoy playing my newer songs that aren't out yet because I think they're better. But obviously like no one wants to hear that, they want to hear the songs that they know. So I make sure that I play like at least half the set, probably more, is like songs that are out, usually like the newer ones. So I try and play like stuff of my recent EP, maybe a couple off Between the Lines, which was out in 2018. Um, so I often play like Enough, I've got a song called Enough, which I really like playing and talk. Um, and there's a song called Bittersweet that people request quite a lot for some yeah. reason. People seem to like that. Um, so yeah, and then I'll I play I Can a lot and now it's out. So I can actually play that now and it, it can be one that's out. Um, but obviously I haven't had a gig since because obvious reasons. But uh, when I do eventually do a gig, it'll be my first time performing I Can as a, as a release track. Oh, I bet you can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. Now you're supposed to do a Song Suffragettes thing in April, weren't you? Yeah, I was. That's gutting. That's really Yeah, that's gutting. like my most gutting thing about this whole thing like for me obviously like a load of horrific stuff's happened during this period and they're like per personally in my own little personal worry life um that was like my biggest like thing um not being able to do the tour that was really like gutting because when I when I got asked to do it I couldn't even believe it and I was like I think I'm quite negative I think I'm actually quite a negative person because when I got asked to do it I was like obviously super excited but in my head I was like it won't happen something will happen and it won't happen like I'll lose my voice or something. I was right it didn't happen and then we had COVID <laughs> so um they have said that they are trying to reschedule it so I'm really really hoping that um it does get rescheduled and instead of just cancelled but obviously like if it does it's going to have to be way into the future because they're all coming over from America so yeah I'll have to be like once live music here is back and once travel is back and normal and stuff so yeah well that's it i mean just for everybody out there we're actually talking on the 24th of june and they only just released some information regarding like entertainment and all that kind of stuff you know the things have got to be done at so um you know like social distanced and only certain places can do it with so many people in that area and it's just so i find it's been really confusing I mm. I don't know what's open, what's closed. You know, who can go where? What can, who can do what? I know. Now, it's a bit, I, I don't really know, and I haven't sort of. Well, I have paid attention, but probably not enough. 
I haven't. I haven't really been seeing anyone though. Like I've not been. I've not been breaking any laws because I've not. I've just not been doing anything. I've been staying in a house and making TikToks. So not very exciting. <laughs> That's the main thing. That yeah. is. How, how have you found TikToks then? I've... Well, um, it's weird because I thought it was like really naff, and I was just like, oh, it's so lame. It's just like a load of teenagers, and I. It's just so like boring. But then I. My friend, my best friend uses it all the time. Like she doesn't post, she just she just watches stuff. And she sent me this girl um like singing an original song. I was like, oh my god, this song's so good. And I was like, oh that's cool. She's like found out about an artist from TikTok. So since then I've been posting videos on TikTok. Not with any success, but um I'm still hopeful that I'm gonna go viral <laughs> randomly. You never know. Some days it's you know, it's just randomly overnight. Yeah. Well we'll, we'll see. Everybody listen to this, you know what to do. What's your what's your handle on TikTok? It's Vic Allen Music. Vic Allen. So same as same as everything else. So yeah, everybody check out Vic Allen Music on TikTok. Let's get a viral. Woo! <laughs> now, everyone's been doing like these dances and stuff on TikTok. Have you wanted no, no. to go that? that that's the thing. I um, I sort of like looked at a couple of videos of like musicians and like saying how how they promote their music on TikTok. And um, loads of people are saying, like, you've got to, like, do the trends and stuff. And I was like, how is me dancing? Like, first of all, I can't dance. How is me dancing to, like, a trending song going to help p- boost my music? So it's difficult because, like, I'm just posting videos of me singing and stuff. And that's, like, not an exciting thing for TikTok. So I don't know, like, how I'm going to get to where. But... Well, that's it. I mean, they always say, you know, negative press or bad press is always good press. You know, yeah. it's publicity at the end of the day. And, you know, if you say fall over while she's dancing, you know, people might think it's funny. They pass on to the next person. They watch the rest of your videos and see you singing. Yeah, that's true. Well, I did actually have, so most of my videos have got like 150 views. And then this random one has 13,000. Oh, wow. It's, it's like one of the only ones where I'm not singing. See, you need to start pushing them more. <laughs> so, yeah, many people just don't want me not to sing. <laughs> Have you, oh, got, man. have you got like venues in line yet for when you do actually want to start gigging? Um, I haven't really sort of made any plans yet because I don't know when things are going to go back to normal. I don't want to like make any plans and have to cancel them. Um, but I have got a gig next like February, <laughs> so ages away, um, for the UK Country Music Spotlight Awards. I'm going to be opening them in London, which will be fun. Um, and then, obviously, really, really hoping that the that the Song Suffragettes tour gets gets re redone because that was some really cool venues. That tour, you know, the Song Suffragettes one, you know, was, it, was it just the UK or was it the UK and US? It was. It was just UK. Just UK. I hope yeah. to God that you get on it again. I hope Me they too. Do. I do hope <laughs> they do it. I mean. I'm I'm trying to get on as many gigs. I will. At the start of the year, I was like, you know what? I want to go to as many gigs as I can this year. And then uh-huh. this happens. So it's like... I know it sucks, isn't it? It's crazy. It's how, like, sudden it was. I mean, I, I was almost kick. I was almost blaming myself. It's like, you know what? It's because I wanted to do this. This has all happened. It's, my fault. <laughs> it's all my fault. <laughs> oh, man. I know. I had a festival as well. and I'm I'm really just, like chuffed that I got to um so I went to Nashville like at the start of March yeah I'm just like can't believe that I got to do that it's crazy and, like literally like a few days later I arrived home and like three days later I was I, I was leaving London because yeah. lockdown happened, and, like 
it's crazy. Well, that was going to be my next like set of like questions, you know, because you actually did the US side of it as well. Yeah. What was it like actually performing with them all? It was it was great. It was really scary actually, because <laughs> um, it was like there was a lot of sort of stuff. There, so it wasn't just the show. There was a lot of like um promo stuff we were doing as well. Oh yeah. So. I- I had to arrive at the venue, so I had to arrive at the listening room at like five or, or four or something. Um, and they were like, "Okay, we want you to like, we want to film you guys all meeting." Um, and I like, they were like, "Go wait in this back room." And in my head, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get there and I buy some food." And I got there and had to wait in this room, and I get like so shaky when I'm hungry, so I was trying to get like really shaky. And then I like met the met the girl from the UK, and then I met the other American girls, and it was all like filmed and stuff. And then we all had to go in the green room, and um, we were like rehearsing, and they had a cake and stuff because it was the sixth anniversary. It was really fun. It was like really cool. It felt amazing being there. Yeah. Um, but moral of the story is I got too hungry, and I'm an idiot, and I should have eaten before, and I didn't, and I, I got really shaky, and then I was like. I don't know if I'm shaky because I've got low blood sugar or if it's because I'm nervous and like and then I was just really nervous. <laughs> the thing is though, it's like it's not like a um it's a lose lose situation. You know, if you can if you like hold it in, you know, you run mm. the risk of passing out and then embarrassing yourself. But yeah. if you go, obviously you miss out. <laughs> what what kind of things do you like to eat over there then? Um, in America? Yes. Um, I really love like American breakfast, like pancakes and oh, my last, my last morning in Nashville, I flew like at like five in the evening. So my friends that I was staying with, we went to IHOP. Yeah. National House of Pancakes. And it was amazing. And I actually got French toast. I love French toast. And it had like, oh God, it was so good. It had strawberry, like strawberries and bananas on it and like whipped cream maple syrup and it was just so good. And I got a, a French vanilla coffee. They're big into French vanilla over there. It was just like a miracle breakfast. It was so good. You see, it's crazy because we've actually got IHOP in the UK. <gasps> Have we? Uh, I mean, it's in um, Sherwood Forest, you know, Centre Parks. Oh, I don't that's know not very cool. <laughs> I don't know if it's still there. It was there like two three years ago but there's a i hop there and that's the first time i had like proper like american style pancakes it's so good so good yeah their breakfasts i feel um are i don't know i do like a full english breakfast as well but like i just love the way they do their pancakes and stuff what kind of things would you have on like a night time then what was your go-to restaurants or meals um i don't you know what i don't really no, I'm I'm veggie. So like when I go to Nashville, their like big thing is like hot chicken, like spicy chicken and stuff. So I like I'm obviously not interested in that, and that's like their main kind of key thing. Um, but there's definitely some drinks I enjoy over there. Go on. There's this one kind of drink called a bushwhacker. I don't know where it like originates from. Have you ever had one? No, I've never had one. It sounds Australian. It's- it's um yeah it, it probably is but like there's a few bars in Nashville that do them and they're like um it's like a slushy but yeah. it's like it's like a chocolate milkshake slushy oh. with like whiskey or rum or something in it that sounds good and, it, and you get it with like a giant like really fat straw and it's just oh it's so good you see and, what... and it takes alcohol so they just like hit to you without realizing. What you'll learn with this podcast is we'll talk about 20% of the music, but the rest of it will either be food or alcohol. 
<laughs> so are you like a whiskey and rum kind of girl then? Um, I'm actually more of a, I drink a lot of vodka actually. Vodka? Yeah, but it's probably because, um, it's probably because like if I'm going out, it's like, vodka's cheap, isn't it? Oh yeah. I haven't got a lot of money. So <laughs> I think for my like student days, my uni days, I'm like programmed into drinking a lot of vodka. I like gin as well. Gin and lemonade, though, not gin and tonic. I hate tonic. So do you prefer like, the sweeter drinks then rather than the dry? Yeah, a bit lame. I like... Uh, That's like, not lame. <laughs> I don't drink beer. I really despise beer. I think it's gross. Um, whiskey is more like growing on me. Jack Daniel's honey is really good. Yeah. Obviously sweet. Yeah. Very, very sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they brought out some new um, flavours. I mean, at Christmas time, they used to do like a spiced apple t- kind of liqueur, like the honey, but like a spiced apple flavour. But now they've released Ooh. like an apple flavoured whiskey, like a run of the mill one. Apparently that's, that's quite nice. Good. What is it that, what, at the moment we're talking over Skype, so I can see what Vic's doing. She's just taking a drink out of, of something. Is that the tea? No, this is my Chili's bottle. This is just water, but it's a, it's a really cute bottle. It's pink with strawberries on um, because I like to reduce my plastic use as much as possible. So this is my reusable bottle. Um, and this is actually a replacement because I had I had a pink bottle with avocados on it. And when I was flying back from Nashville, um, the trip we were just talking about, I forgot to empty it. And when I went through security, they were like, they were like, you can empty it and go through security again, or you can like throw it away. Oh. And I was like, can I not just drink it? And they were like, no, you have to go through security again. And I was like, I'm going to miss my flight. And I literally was like almost crying. I was like, it costs 25 pounds and I love it. So sadly I had to, I had to like throw away this really nice bottle. Oh no. <clears throat> um, but I've got this one now, which is, nice it, <laughs> i mean i know boys aren't supposed to stereotypically like pink but i love that bottle it's like it's a, cool it's like a baby pink with like bright red strawberries all over it it looks they're like, they're like almost 3d i know it looks so snazzy it is. and it's got really like snazzy. a metal lid as well yeah how well does it keep like drinks cold oh it keeps them really cold oh that's good that's really i should good. honestly i should be brand ambassador for these guys that's it. You need you need sponsorships. When you start going yeah. out, when you go on stage, that's what you can fill your shows with. Yeah. Like, Make sure you buy your yeah. Chili's bottles. <laughs> so you've got water in there then? Yeah, just water. Is that like a healthy lifestyle thing or is it just trying to get water into your diet kind of thing? Uh, I just, that's all I, all I drink really. Like throughout the day, I will drink water, um, the occasional tea. I have like a a nice coffee in the morning at some point, but I never drink like juice or well, I do drink juice, but like I never drink like squash or anything fizzy. Very occasionally, like I've been at home recently um, and my little brother's been here and we've got really into like Coke Zero, like a really cold can of Coke Zero in the yeah. fridge. But like usually I never drink Coke unless I'm, unless there's like alcohol in it. <laughs> so I don't, usually drink, I don't usually drink fizzy stuff unless I'm like getting drunk. Um, <laughs> But recently, because it's been hot, I've got quite into, like, Coke. But, yeah, I drink water most of the time. You see, with Coke, what I find the most is it always tastes better out of, like, a glass or a glass bottle. Yeah, out of a out of a glass bottle or in a glass with loads of ice in it. I like it with ice. Do you like it with ice? Love it with ice. Yeah, I do as well. 
thing is that it doesn't last long enough for the ice to melt, so I don't have to worry about it being watered down. Yeah, and a, not not uh, Diet Coke. Oh, not Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Diet Coke's disgusting. It's got to be Coke Zero. Yeah, Coke Zero. Coke Zero is really high. Go on but then. Diet Coke. Is- what 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 about um, Pepsi Max? Difference between uh, Pepsi Max and Coke. Uh, Coke. Rather Coke. Yeah. What about flavored Cokes like cherry or vanilla? Yeah. I don't like the cherry, but I like the vanilla Coke. I remember. Can you remember when the vanilla use first came out? Yeah, I was obsessed with it. And it's when it first came out, it seemed to be a lot sweeter. I just think they changed it. I think they've changed something. They've not put as much in or something, but it still tastes really nice. Get healthier. Well, that's <laughs> at any point trying with Coke to make it healthy. Well, especially when you're drinking Coke Zero, you know, you're kind of hoping that it hasn't got as much sugar in. It's weird because I'm like, it says on the can like zero anything. It's like, what? What's it got in it then? What am I drinking? There's like no sugar in it. There's nothing else. What? What is it? That's like, it's worrying, but... <laughs> there was a um, there was a video on I think it was on Facebook about a year ago, and the person like fried coke like, like boiled it away and like the full fat one was just like a pan full of sugar and the other one like almost completely disappeared really it's so i find stuff like that really really fascinating i'm really yeah. sad what's in it oh it's kind of worried <laughs> now like the are you a vegetarian are you a vegan then i'm vegetarian what can you explain for clarity what the yeah. exact difference is because i always get mixed up Okay, so vegetarian means you just don't eat meat. Okay. Like, but I actually, technically, I'm like pescatarian because I eat fish, um, but I don't really go into that much detail about it. <laughs> um, and then vegan is like you don't eat any animal products. So you wouldn't eat any, you wouldn't drink milk because that's like from an animal and you wouldn't have eggs because that's like from an animal. So that's like a lot, a lot more limiting. But um, I can definitely see why people are vegan because um, I... I think if I had the willpower, I would be. Um, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what was like the trigger for it then? You know, was you, did you used to eat meat as a kid and then decide? Yeah, never like, never been like a massive meat eater anyway. Like I've never had beef. It's just like my mum never never cooked us beef or lamb. It was just like never something she did. And then like I actually was going to be a vet originally, so I did a lot of work experience as like a teenager. Um, I had to go to a lot of farms and things. I did some work experience at a zoo, and I had to like prepare animal food, and I had to do some pretty rank stuff with chicks. And that night, like dead chicks. And that night, I'm not going to go into detail, but um, that night, mum gave me like a chicken breast or something for dinner, and I was just like, I can't eat anymore. I haven't eaten meat Oh, I mean. That's what I, I've, I've said this in the past. I mean, if I was to go on like a chicken farm, you know, where they kill chickens, and, or if I go to like a pig slaughterhouse, I'd, I would come out a vegetarian or a vegan. I know I, know I would. I just... Yeah, it's that. I've seen a lot of, of grim stuff, which I won't, I won't talk about now because it's not a not very nice podcast subject, but I have like, obviously because I was, I actually did three years of vet school. Um, so I did actually go to vet school and I, that's what I was going to be. I was going to be a vet. And then I, I got like halfway through and I was like, I just can't do this anymore. It was so like brutal. And you have to like basically devote your whole life to it. There's so much studying, so much like extra outside like work you have to do. And it was just, it was too intense for me. So I, I switched over to zoology in the end, but, um, throughout my vet school time, I saw a lot of things that cannot be un. 
You see, you say it's not a good topic to talk about, but I'm actually a bit fascinated. Yeah. Intrigued. What do you want to <laughs> Tell you what, we'll do like a a warning and I'll put a warning on, you know, after 38 minutes, fast forward it like two minutes or whatever, and then we'll um we'll have a quick discussion about it and then give people the opportunity <laughs> to either listen or fast forward it. Oh god. How is that for everybody? You can't hear me right now, but obviously I'm just gonna presume you say yes. Hi, this is Dom. The next few minutes contain topics of a yucky nature, so if you do not wish to listen to this, please fast forward approximately two minutes. Thank you. Bye. What okay. kind of things was it? I'm, is it bad that I'm uh, intrigued? No, no, it's it's like a it's like a sick fascination, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, I had to I had to go to slaughterhouse for a day. Yeah. Um, and that was that was just like it was like I was like a half day, and it was like the worst half day of my life. And it was just like just you know animal after animal coming through and being being slaughtered, and I I left because like vets have to go and like um i think check out carcasses for diseases or whatever so it's like something you have to do as a vet student um and my mum came to pick me up at the end of the day and she said that i was like gray she was like your face was like gray oh. i was so traumatized um so that was really grim um it was like a lot of different animals um so that was horrible and then i had to go um one of the worst things i i really didn't enjoy was I had to work on this pig farm. Yeah. Um, and like in intensive farming is like horrible. Like these pigs were literally living in these like concrete crates. Oh. Uh, and piglets were like, God, you're gonna be like veggie by the end of this conversation. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you asked for it. Um, so these piglets would be running around and because they're in such a confined space, they're like bored out of their minds and they like chew each other's tails. So you have to literally cut their tails off. Yeah. Um, I had to do that and I just like cried and I said to the farmer like never make me do that again um, and it was just like it was horrible but so they were two of my two of my least favourite things I've done I know little curly tails. tails really sad so um, yeah I've done some pretty horrific things hey it's Dom. If you fast-forwarded through the yuckier parts, I can confirm it is now safe for you to listen. So you say Enjoy you went into, like, show. you transitioned from veterinary to zoology. Yeah. What was the whole process like, you know, actually saying to the, obviously, your professors or your tutors, saying, okay, then this is not for me. I need to go do something else. Well, it was, um, it was quite a sort of big ordeal, really, because mainly just because my family were pretty, uh, it was like a, a big thing for them because obviously I'd wanted to be a vet since I was like, literally like four. And then suddenly yeah. I was like, by the way, guys. <laughs> um, so that was like, the actual the actual uni process was like not too bad because it's something people do anyway. When you're in vet school, you can take a year out and do something else and then go back. So you end up with like two degrees. Yeah. Um, cool. So that, that side of it was fine. It was more sort of telling my family like, yeah, I'm not going to be a vet anymore. Um, but it's, it's, it's all good now and 
obviously music was a big thing like I when I started uni was when I really started to get into music because I'd just taken this trip to America and I'd started writing and then I went to uni and I, I was in Bristol and there were loads of open mics there and stuff and I got into performing and just that was where I like really started to enjoy doing music and I was also trying to do vet school and I was like oh I like music more <laughs> um, and that kind of like not took over my life but that was like it became like something that I didn't just want to be doing it as a hobby I didn't just want to be doing open mics like I wanted to be doing more than that and and I couldn't really being at vet school as well and yeah that was not like the reason I quit obviously because I hated it anyway <laughs> but um there were a lot of different factors involved um but it was quite a it was quite a massive like thing to do I guess in my life like not do it anymore because it was something I'd, I'd literally geared up my whole life to do to be a vet and and then I was like actually no no I, to- I totally get that <clears throat> I mean my sister she wanted to be she wanted to do zoology but then mm-hmm. she suddenly changed her mind and started doing forensic sciences oh wow it's like all like the blood testing and stuff so it's a bit of a career change but yeah <laughs> so yeah I can I can see end of the day you know you don't really know what a job's going to be like until you're actually in that almost in that role especially when you're training for it you know at university it's in such depth as well you know it's a it's a big thing so you know you you do you end of the day and you know you do what makes you happy and if something (coughs) makes you more happy it does (laughs) certainly makes us all more happy you know we're all glad that you've gone properly into singing rather than looking after tigers and other exotic animals (laughs) So what I want to do now, though, is I want to go back a little bit further, you know, to being like a kid and listening to music and basically like your influences growing up, you know, what kind of triggered little bits of memories in the past to lead you towards music? Okay, well, my first like, um, my first part of my life where I really started to be like obsessed with music was when I first started high school so I've got all siblings and they um had sort of got into bands like Stereophonics um Feeder and then Green Day were my like big obsession when I when I discovered Green Day I was like literally obsessed and I started high school and I was like almost a bit of an emo really and I we all were (laughs) um so that's when like listening to music was so important to me because I didn't like massively like a lot of high school and I I used to get the bus and like I wasn't friends with anyone on the the bus and there were like all these like kids at the back that would throw stuff and I would just sit there with my little Sony Walkman and Jimmy World playing and like then you know the lyrics would help me and I'd I'd write things in my diary that like like lyrics in my diary that, that really spoke to me and that was when music was like really I needed it to like you know stay sane yeah um so that's kind of my main memory of like of that and then actually playing music like I've always played instruments so in high school I played saxophone I used to play clarinet as a kid um and then when I was in sixth form so I was like what like 17 or something my older brother um discovered John Mayer yeah and he like he showed me his music and stuff and I just I was like obsessed with John Mayer um and I was dating a guy at the time that played guitar and I'd always be like oh learn this John Mayer song learn this John Mayer song <laughs> not asked about John Mayer 
So in the end, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn this drum layer song. And I brought my my brother then went traveling, and I borrowed his guitar while he was gone, and I learned some some songs. Um, and I really like, I got into guitar, and I got, I got like quite good. I was actually quite good at guitar at one point. I'm less good now because I write now. I've like it's all simplified, and but I used to be good. Yeah. So I got obsessed with playing guitar, and I was like, just always had my guitar with me, like wherever I went. And then when I was sorry, it's, it's quite a long story. No, no I love <laughs> the long stories. When I went to um, when I was nineteen, I had a gap year before uni, and um, a lot of my friends went to you know the typical like Asia and yeah. all of that. I went to I, I don't know how I ended up doing this, but I ended up going to this ranch in like upstate New York, Ooh. and I like worked there for a couple of months. Um, and we would like so I'd be like looking after the horses there, taking like it was like a bed and breakfast, and guests would come, would take them out on trail rides and stuff, and We'd have like parties in the hayloft and it was so fun. That was like my first experience in America. Um, and we used to have like fires in the evening and this girl would bring her guitar and play Taylor Swift songs and stuff. And I was like, oh, I like, I like this music. And that's where I got into like Taylor Swift. And we'd have these, these cabin parties and people would have country music on. And like, I just never, I just never really listened to country music before. Um, apart from like James Taylor, which is a tape my mum had in the kitchen. She'd have James Taylor on like, the whole of my childhood was this like soundtrack. Yeah. Um, but I discovered all these country artists and it was music I hadn't heard before. And I just loved it. And I got obsessed with country music and I went home and like started listening to Miranda Lambert and, and Taylor Swift and people like that. And then like something about discovering country and like people singing around the fire, like one admit make me start singing and writing and someone actually said to me out there like oh you play guitar but you don't sing and I was like yeah I was like maybe I should sing <laughs> so I started like writing um pretty much like that summer yeah um, and then I when I started uni um that like autumn I started to do open mics and things and that's when I got into performing and playing my songs in front of people and so, yeah it all, all went from there so you never actually sung until you was actually asked about it when you was playing guitar. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone was like, oh, you, you don't sing, that's weird. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to be able to sing, actually. But now the tides have turned, you know, you don't play guitar as much and you sing more. I know, it's a shame because, like, I do think I was quite good at the guitar and I'm not, I'm just not that good anymore. That's what, but... that's the task you need to now do for the rest of lockdown until we actually yeah. start going back is master both of them at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, play some cool riffs and things. That's it. I mean, you mentioned Green Day. Oh, my God. Everybody, even me, you know, yeah. Basket Case and Time of Your Life. And... What's that? Your favourite album. Did you have a favourite album of theirs? What? They had one called Nimrod that I really liked. Yeah. The one that I always, I know it's the stereotypical and everybody always says it and it's you're not really classed as a true Green Day fan if you say this one, but American Idiot. I loved every single song in American yeah. Idiot. Yeah. That was, you know what, it was funny because when that album came out, everyone else started listening to Green Day and I was like really annoyed about it because they were like my thing yeah. <laughs> at school. And then suddenly everyone knew about them and I was like, damn it. Like Green Day were mine. <laughs> and now- <laughs> the thing is though, I I used to love, you know, all the other songs. Everything else, you know, fantastic. But the reason why I say American Idiot is because I can say hand on heart, you know, every single song on that album I loved. So that's why yeah. I always say, you know, that is the album. Yeah. So 
that that's my excuse anyhow yeah but i mean i say like my favorite album ever is red by taylor swift yeah and that's like every every taylor swift fan, fan like their favorite album is red and that i'm not but like i'm not, I'm not gonna pretend it's something else just to be edgy <laughs> <laughs> that's it just to be something different yeah <laughs> Now, well, that's it. I mean, especially like Taylor Swift, you know, people, there always seems to be like two or three camps, you know, either you grew up with like Dolly Parton and, you know, Johnny Cash and all that kind of era, or you grew up with like the Taylor Swift kind of era, you know, the early, early like Carrie Underwood, or then you go yeah. into like the newer era, like, you know, Lauren Elena and Gabby Barrett, you know, all the newer, new artists. Yeah. So there seems to be like three different camps, you know. Yes, I was, I was definitely I definitely, my first experience of country, my, like, I have, like, certain songs that I remember, like, that, like, were my introduction to country. So, Tim McGraw by Taylor Swift was, like, one of the songs that this girl used to play around the fire and The Best Day by Taylor Swift. They were, like, two of her songs that I, like, discovered her. Um, do you know Heart Like Mine by Miranda Lambert? Yes. That song is, like, a big, and then, um... Baby, you a song, you make me want to roll my windows down. down. That was like, um, and also when I when I went out to America a second time, I went to the ranch again. Um, Boys Round Here by Blake Shelton was like massive. Yeah. Um, then we went to this bar one night and they played it like about eight <laughs> times in like two hours. <laughs> and that was like the biggest song in the moment. Um, so the artists like that are like my, they were like my introduction to country. And for me, that's like, you know, country that I like that that's always the issue though especially you know not even just in america but in the uk as well you know if there's a certain song that's on the radio it's always got you know it's got to be played eight times within the first 30 minutes of yeah, the station starting that. i don't understand that i mean it's like like you sung there you know florida georgia line cruise just mm. amazing song yeah i love that song now, when obviously we've talked about like your set list and stuff, is there a certain like set list that you absolutely adore playing? Do you have like that one individual song that you'll make sure is on your set list every single time? Um, you can't say I can now either. Well, it probably was like, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe maybe my song enough. Yep, I like playing that one because. Especially when I've got um, like someone else playing with me, like my bass player Danny, who does guitar for me sometimes as well, and like backing vocals. Um, it's just like it's just a nice song, and it's like a nice kind of opener, um, and it's probably the song that like sums up my life the most out of anything. So I do kind of like playing it. Um, so maybe that maybe that's something that I I try to have in sort of every set. How many people do you have in your band? Well, I mean, I, I don't really. I was I was in the process of forming a band and then lockdown happened. So at the moment, it's just me and Danny. You and Danny. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the daring duo. Yeah. Um, I mean, but we were going to get like, um, he was he's really helpful actually. He knows a lot of people. So he was like helping me find like a drummer and stuff. And we were going to, you know, get a, a band together and we had Buckle and Boots coming up and then the world came crashing down on my dreams. It's so frustrating. I mean... I keep talking about it, you know, it's it's just such a naff period of time. I mean, yes, it's been really, really horrible. It has been devastating for a lot of people. But it's devastating now in this period of time for like the venues and Yeah. 
it, yeah, it worries me. Like, how many venues are going to just shut? Exactly. Like, I mean, like small ones. You know, you th- it's like yourself with the zoo. You know, you'd never think that a zoo would be facing financial difficulties because it's okay. a zoo. It's, it's like venues are you like backbone. You know, they're always, they've always been there. They've always have been there. And just to think they're going to be shut down. And it really, it really worries me, actually, like, how much longer this goes on for, like, how many of the, of the like, like artists like me, like, I need small venues. Um, and it's going to be really sad if, like, all the small independent venues are just gone. Yeah. What kind of, going on from that then, what kind of venues do you like playing? Is there certain, like, theatres or, like, pubs or clubs that you prefer playing? Um, I enjoy, so I did my headline show at the Green Note in October. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, venue and I had loads of people there so that's a bit of nice memory um the water the water rats yep. in King's Cross played there a few times and that's really nice it's like a really nice setup um mine's kind of gone blank to any other music venues that exist oh actually there's um a venue in Norwich so that's where I am at the moment is Norwich um called the Art Centre yeah I supported Sarah Darling there like last last year I think now um like last month and that was like it's like a massive old church that's like now a music venue. So the acoustics are amazing, and and that was really that's, that's a really nice venue. But that's, that's like amazing. My yeah, so that was like a really nice place to play. I mean, there's a place in Harrogate because um, I'm I don't know if you can tell, but I'm from the north. I can tell. <laughs> the first thing I noticed that was northern. Um, <laughs> yeah, I currently live in York, but I'm actually from Leeds, and okay. in Harrogate, there's this like a like a building and it's like a greenhousey type building but the acoustics in there are just so perfect the shape of the building you can hear everything across the room it's just okay. so brilliant i mean it'd be great just to have a just a small like a intimate gig there it'd be brilliant yeah. to see i love i love venues like that now what you need to do what you need to do is when you're actually starting to look at your gigs you need to make sure you come up north yeah well, I was I was planning on it. I was uh, going to play Manchester with Song Song for Jets and I was going as far as Glasgow as well. Well, you need to go a bit more east. Yeah. Especially, you know, across the M62 towards Leeds and York, you know. Okay. The, um, I will. It, it's crazy, the following up here. It's growing. So, you know, it's exponentially growing. It's fantastic to see. Even, UK, even in the whole UK, country music yeah. is just booming. It's, it's really nice actually like it's a definitely like a, a community and i feel like country fans are like they're like hardcore they're really they're not just like yeah i like country music they're like i love country music <laughs> like if you're a country fan you're like a hardcore fan it's it's really it's really nice that, that's that's the best thing as well is you know you go to a gig and if you've got a fan there they'll know all of your stuff yeah even even the stuff that you don't know they'll know it <laughs> yeah it's, it's really nice actually I love um, it's it's nice because I didn't I didn't even realize like when I when I first started playing music like obviously I was inspired by country music to write but I never was like I'm gonna start writing country music I was like I was just like I'm gonna start writing songs and then I I didn't know what genre I was I thought I was like acoustic pop or something I didn't even realize and then everyone I played to was like oh you I didn't realize you were like a country singer and I was like neither did I <laughs> and uh, I didn't realize that was, like. Yeah, I didn't realise that's kind of where my music fell until like people told me. Um, but it's really nice that I kind of 
know that now because I've been able to like become a part of the scene and my first kind of experience with it was I applied to Buckle and Boots um in like oh, I was like 2017 or something and I somehow got a slot and I went and played this festival and I met so many people like blog like people from blogs and magazines and stuff and I just like my eyes were opened to this whole like world of country music in the UK that I didn't know existed yeah um, so that was like really cool. And since then I've made so many like contacts and friends and it's, it's really nice to be in like a kind of community now. That, that's, that's a great thing. I mean, there's been things said recently, you know, that I partially agree with and I partially disagree with, and I won't go into too much now because it's for a different, different episode, but yeah, <laughs> the, um, I find this, the genre is pretty much a community. It is a family, you know? Yeah. If, if you're good at doing your job, you're there to support people. And yeah. Like, you know, it's like now, you know, I want to make sure you get as heard as much as possible. So that, that's all, that's all that truly matters. You know, if you, if you get the exposure, you know, you create the music, you create the music, we listen to it, you make money. Yeah. The more money you make, the less work you have to do at a zoo or a, a bar or a restaurant and the, do more music. It's a win-win exactly. for us. <laughs> Not like I think about it constantly. <laughs> now, there's two more things that I really, really need to speak about. The first okay. thing is, obviously, you go into the UK CMSAs in February, and I am looking forward to that because I'll actually be there. Oh, amazing. I cannot wait for it. You there? Do you, do you know anything yet about it? Have, have they told you anything about it? Um, or are they still deciding they, venues? They um, do you know what? I'm I'm absolutely terrible with everything, planning wise. So they probably have to, they have probably got an email that I've like read and forgotten what it said. <laughs> uh, I know I've said yes. <laughs> um, so my answer is I have no idea if I know or not. Well, I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I'll I'll send Nick a message after this and just see if there's any updates. Second thing, uh-huh. please, 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 please tell me you uh-huh. still have your diary. My diary? With your lyrics in, your little songs that you've been writing, especially when you were a bit younger. Um, I have, I have loads of high school diaries. That... Is that what you meant? As yep. the from yeah, yeah, I've got I've got like loads of them. See stuff like that. Under my do you ever do you ever look back at stuff like that? Oh, yeah, and yeah a few think... months ago, like I I came home for a weekend or something, and for some reason I like got out all my old diaries and I read I read them all, and I was like, oh, my, I was so tragic. I like like this same boy for, like the whole of high school. Obviously, knew I was obsessed with him, and like. I wasn't cool enough for him, so nothing ever happened. But like, it's just tragic when I look at how easy my life was and how how difficult I thought it was. But it, it's funny because like, I'm really glad I made di- I wrote diaries because I'll I'll read something and I'll be like, oh my god, I remember that happening. I never would have remembered that if I hadn't have written it down. Um, but I wrote I wrote a song about it actually about like finding my old diaries and stuff. It's called Pages. Yeah. I haven't I haven't done anything with it yet, but it's quite it's quite cute little song. When can we expect like the next phases of songs coming out? I'm not really sure because um, 
I do have a song that's like almost finished. Um, but I don't know like when, I don't know when it's going to come out. And it's difficult because I wanted to film a music video for it and stuff and like shoot the cover art and, you know, places are shut and no one's available. And, and it's been, it's been kind of difficult. So it's probably going to be like a few, I'm hoping it's this year though. Yeah. What are we in? June? June, yes. We're... I'm really hoping it's still this, this year. Oh, I hope so. So fingers crossed, but there is a song that's almost done. Now um, you've obviously got I Can Out as a single. Have you got any like EP plans? Um, I actually really honestly want to work towards an album. An album? Yeah, I mean, it's, it would take a while and I'd have to do it like pretty much song by song. Yeah. Um, but there's just something about like, like I love listening to albums. Like, I know a lot of people now like listen to playlists and stuff, but I still like stick on albums. Um, and the thought of like having an album would, is like a dream, even if it was like 10 songs, but like having a collection of songs like that, um, I think it's just something like I'd really like to do for a, even as like a bucket list thing. Like I know EPs are more kind of viable for a, an artist like me, but you know, as a YOLO thing, I really want to do an album. So I would like to kind of include some of the songs from my most recent EP because I really, I really love that EP. I really love that like, enough and talk and ghost town. Um, so I'd like to kind of basically drip feed out an album over the next few months or years or however long it takes. Hopefully months. Yeah, it'd be nice. But it depends on like, well, time and money, I guess. That's always the... But I have I have a ton of songs that I want to record. It's just like which ones. Because um, I know which ones I'd like to record, but I don't know if it's like what other people would want to hear. Well, end of the day, you don't put out music for what other people want. You put music out that you want, you know. Yeah. But like if there was a one particular song that like everyone begged me to do and then I didn't do it, I'd feel really bad. <laughs> yeah, that's why you don't tell them about the song so that way they can't make that decision for you. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's nice to uh, it's nice when like people have it's it's nice for anyone to have like the, like opinions about my songs that they want to hear. But it's cool, I appreciate it. Well, when we start gigging, at least you can sample them, and then you say, "Oh, do you like that song?" If it's a big tune, yeah. you know it's on the album. <laughs> the album that's coming out in twenty fifty. Twenty. Hopefully not. I hope it's 2020, you know, just like the uh, fifth to last month, which is what, yeah. August? Yeah, fifth to last month. Yeah, that's backwards five. Yeah, yeah August. So, yeah, yeah, that's when you need to do it. Okay. August <laughs> this year. No pressure or anything. A bit, a bit keen, but don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I've got to try. I mean, I've got to ask these questions to see what I can get. <laughs> now what i normally do towards the end of my podcasts is i ask a couple of random questions but first of all okay. let's get the socials out of the way where can people find you i know we've already said this once okay so i'm basically vic allen music um on all social media so instagram twitter tiktok now as well tiktok um <laughs> just Vic Allen Music so you can find me everywhere on YouTube and then I've got a website as well which is vicallenmusic.com Awesome so the questions really are really really mundane apart from mm -hmm. these first two these first two are like debate questions 
and you'll probably get these asked again by Linda. Okay. Now, is it a cake or is it a biscuit? Guess what I'm talking about? A Jaffa cake. A Jaffa cake. It's a biscuit. It's a biscuit. Do you, do you it's have... shaped like a biscuit and you eat it like a biscuit. You can dunk it in, you can't dunk a cake in tea, but you can dunk a Jaffa cake in tea, it's a biscuit. You see, I love that answer. Absolutely <laughs> love that answer. I mean, I've always said it's a cake, but really? I, I completely agree with the sentiment of it being a biscuit. It's so yeah. frustrating. I wonder if it's, uh, I wonder if people have different views in the North and South. Maybe being a cake is a Northern view. Yeah, it, possibly. I mean, me and Linda, we like to call them Jaffa Nuggets. Really? We, you can't call it a casket because it's too close to casket. So we thought oh. it was just something completely different to biscuit or cake, and it's a nugget. <laughs> a Jaffa Nugget. And the second question is pineapple. Does it go um, on a pizza? Um, I don't think I don't think I have strong views either way about this. So basically like, what you're saying is if somebody gave you a ham and pineapple pizza, you wouldn't mind it. Well, I'd mind the ham. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, obviously. But I wouldn't, I don't think I'd mind it really. I don't, I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, put pineapple on it. Oh no, 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 that, that's, that's perfectly okay. I mean, I wouldn't just grab a pizza and say, yeah, chuck the pineapple on. I can't wait to get some if more I, pineapple. If I had a choice, I probably wouldn't. But I wouldn't, I don't think it's like wrong. But you wouldn't turn your nose up. Like, no. oh, that's disgusting. I feel quite um, passive about that one. <laughs> All right. That, no, that answers the questions perfectly fine for me. I'll take that as a, a win for pineapple. Now, okay. the questions now, are the mundane ones, it's like a run through a night out. So okay. we start off, you know, we go out, you know, you go with your friends or you go with, you know, relationships at the time, whatever. Where do you prefer to go? You know, do you prefer to go to a pub, a club or a bar? Um, well, my absolute favourite night out is actually a house party. A house party? I've not had that answer before. My favourite thing ever. And no one ever has them anymore. Like, very rarely someone will have a house party and I'm, like, excited about it for weeks before. Um, but I would go to, like, I like going to bars. Like, bars are fun. See, I like bars because it's like a mixture. It's like a you yeah. get the coziness of a pub sometimes, but then the if you it's stay like late bar. enough. Yeah, I like I like going to bars. Yeah, I miss going to bars. You see, I haven't been like you say with house parties. I've not been to a house party since I was like sixteen. That's so fun. Not the best How much house party? You can't beat a bit of underage drinking. Not that it's you know legal or anybody should ever do that. May I add? Um, but yeah. House parties were always fun when you're a bit younger. Yeah. Definitely. Now, going on from there, what kind of drinks would, would you have at a bar? I know we mentioned vodka. You know, is there any, like, vodka-y drinks, you know, like a cocktail type thing you'd have? Or I do like cocktails, but they're, they're just too sugary. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's really good, but after one, it's like, oh, God, sugar overload. So I'd probably, if I was, like, in a bar buying a drink, I would buy a vodka lemonade, so my standard standard drink vodka lemonade um or if i was feeling if i was like basically if i'm planning on getting drunk i'll buy vodka lemonade because they're super cheap yeah um and i already like everyone knows vodka's gross anyway so it's not like i'm going to ruin the taste of vodka by getting too drunk on it it's already gross whereas like gin i actually really like gin 
if I'm having more of like a classy evening and I'm not really you know, a classy. A <laughs> classy evening with the hair, I'll have a gin and lemonade, especially like a nice fruity gin or like a rhubarb and ginger gin. Oh, Ooh. so good. Lemonade. Ooh. Or someone no. like, you know, on a show and someone's like, can I buy you a drink? And Most like a nice, coffee, like a, a gin and lemonade would be really nice. You wouldn't just look down the menu and choose the most expensive. Oh no, 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 no. You still you still got a bit of class to you. I'd feel I'd be like I love that. I like the martini. <laughs> so what what other like gin flavours do you like? So you mentioned the rhubarb one. Yeah, so rhubarb and ginger. Really good. Um I had a violet one once, that was really good. Violet flavoured gin. Yeah. Um Basically, like any of the fruity ones, Ooh. like any any nice fruity ones. There's like a strawberry and black pepper one, which is nice. Can't remember who makes it. But... Strawberry and black pepper. Yeah, so it's got like a spice in it. That sounds that sounds different. Good. I actually bought you know I bought some tea bags and it's mint. These tea bags are mint strawberry and black pepper flavor Ooh. so it's like a, it's like a peppermint tea and then you get like a sweetness to it and then you finally get like a spice at the end a fiery bit of pepper yeah really nice tea oh that sounds i'll have to have a look for that that looks, sounds twining twining twinings that sounds yeah. different yeah and i got it in waitrose so if you're gonna look anywhere probably look okay. in waitrose that is not gonna happen <laughs> I, if it's from Aldi or Lidl, I'm perfectly fine with that. I feel like Waitrose is the only place that would sell strawberry mint and black pepper tea. Either Waitrose, M&S or even the co-op. Yeah. Oh yeah, co-op's expensive, isn't it? It's it's too expensive for me, but then again, I'm a cheapskate. I'm just always poor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. There's a difference between being a cheapskate and being poor. Yeah, I, like, no, I agree. Really, I agree. Really, really you still like scrounge on things then you're cheating i mean usually, <laughs> usually stereotypically you know rich people tend to be tighter with the money less that's willing how you to spend rich. exactly and that's why i'm poor is because i like to spend money <laughs> going on from the pub then so we're walking home we're feeling a bit tipsy you know you're a bit drunk you're gonna get something to eat from like a a takeaway shop what kind of thing would you have at a takeaway shop probably Cheesy chips. Cheesy chips. Yeah. But I also do love, like, um, those little pizzas you get from, like, a kebab shop. Yeah. The little cheap pizza. They're always really nice, like the deep ones. Um, so if I was, like, feeling flush, like I want to spend, like, five pounds <laughs> or more, <laughs> eight pounds, then I'd get a little pizza. Or if I'm just being a cheapskate, which I probably would be, I'd get cheesy chips. Like you'd have money at the end of the night. All yeah, goes, well, it all goes on vodka. I pre-drink a lot, though. That is a very good. That's a very me and my best friends go out a lot, and we will just pre-drink, and then like by the time we leave, we like shouldn't drink anymore. So, what was it like at uni then? You know, was he always out on the night? Well, it was it was really fun. But my first, obviously, my first three years, I was at vet school, and like unlike most courses, I had like nine o'clock lectures like every day. Ooh. Um, and then like on Wednesdays, we'd have like like four hours of dissection or something so you couldn't really be hung over and then be like dissecting stuff it doesn't really work 
so like we did we did go out a lot um but we like paid the price yeah um but like looking back especially in i remember like freshers week i look back to freshers week and i went out like every single night for like two weeks i just don't know how i did it i don't know how i stayed alive <laughs> i don't think anybody realizes how they stay alive but i guess you're so like it's it you're like going to a new city and you don't know anyone it's like terrifying you're just like i'll just get drunk and i'll be fine <laughs> i've actually never been to uni but my past relationships have so okay i've experienced the freshers night type thing I've never yeah. actually been the fresher. I've been that okay. tag along. Oh, nice. That's fun. It's always fun. I mean, I, when I used to go to college, we used to go to do um, NUS events in like Newcastle at the Sage Gateshead. I, d- I don't know if you know Newcastle well. No, I've actually never been. And the there's loads and loads of bars and pubs and re- um, like student nights out. And it's a fantastic night out. If you ever do want to go for a drink anywhere, make sure you stop off in Newcastle. They're up for a laugh. I think I can imagine it's really fun there. So yeah, story. Long story short, it's you can get really drunk really quickly there. <laughs> and really cheap as well, especially yeah. if you can get student wristbands. Oh yeah. That's it. You need to pretend you're a student again. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd pass. I'm sure you would. <laughs> They're quite fun though. I think um, like the north is good for. For, like drinking isn't it it's like so much cheaper i mean we all look old anyhow up here <laughs> i mean I've, I've had a shave to, uh, i had a shave yesterday so i look about five years younger than i actually am is, it, is that because it was so hot yeah well and, and i needed to get a um i've needed to apply for a second job so because okay. i'm furloughed at the moment so money's really really tight and then obviously having to pay yeah. for all the equipment and yeah i need to Get a bit more money. So best thing to do is to whack it off. So you look smart. So I look smart, smarter. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's people that know me. It's a drastic change. This really to feel weird. It's, it's horrible. It's. I mean, you don't know what it's like. I mean, no, I can't. I can't imagine what it's like. Like, must be so weird <laughs> having a big and suddenly not. But then again, it's opposite, you know, for me and hair, you know, I don't have really long hair, so I don't have to manage it all the time. Yeah. So, benefits, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Going on from this, then, we've gone and got a little mini pizzas, or we've gone and got cheesy chips. Cheesy chips mm-hmm. for the win, I've got to say. Yeah. You're at home, you wake up the next morning, we've already discussed that you're going to have a either one coffee or a decaf tea depending on how you're feeling, or a water. Happy no after night out. What kind of teas do you drink then? You know, what is your favourite go-to It's tea? like the standard tea, whatever whatever that's called. English breakfast, I guess. English bre- See, that's that's a posh one. That, is it? Do you have like a... Because normal kind of teas like PG Tips or Tetley's, or if you're from Yorkshire, Yorkshire tea. Oh, well, I don't know what, like... I don't really mind the brand, as long as it's just like standard flavour tea, but I also really like Earl Grey. Earl Grey. You see, I've never yeah, actually Grey. had Earl Grey. Earl Grey's really nice. It's more of an evening tea, I feel, though. <laughs> it's so bizarre you can get, like, morning teas, afternoon teas, evening teas. But yeah, like, I wouldn't have an Earl Grey in the morning. I'd have it in the evening. What What's, like, the difference, then, between, like, an Earl Grey and a normal tea? Like, taste. Taste. Well, Earl Grey's, like, more, like, fragrant. Okay. I don't know. 
it's like a flowery kind of fragranty taste. I can't really explain it. Like it's a, nice. Like a perfumey. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'll have, I'll have to give it a go. That sounds rank, but I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, millions of people drink it. So isn't like Earl Grey in like English breakfast tea, like big in the States. They always talk about it. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like their tea's not as good. Ooh, did you see that video on Facebook the other day? Or TikTok, no. was it? What was it about? A, tea? Uh, an American woman making tea. Oh. And what she did was she poured water into a cup, put the water into the microwave. She then oh, wow. took it out of there. She poured a load of milk into the cup of water. Then added the tea bag, stirred it for like half a second, and it looked like cat's piss. That makes me feel sick. Yeah, I, I it's it's probably done as a stunt, and I kind of see the funny side, but although when I so like no one in America ever has a kettle. Yes. Like whenever I'm there and I want a tea, I'm like oh, I can't. And I when I so the ex that this song's about, who he lived in Nashville, and like. I was there for quite a long time at one point and like I should have just bought a kettle I was there for so long I should have bought a kettle I didn't and I would get to the point where I was so desperate for tea I would either like boil it on the stove or I'd microwave water and microwaving water does not work like it just doesn't work it tastes different it's dangerous as well I feel like it explodes but um <laughs> I um yeah that was like how I had to make tea um and that was disgusting and it was like Lipton. All I could find was Lipton tea. Oh, no, that's horrible. And you have to use like five tea bags for one tea. You just you just can't win with that at all. You just how can you do it? How can they do it? <laughs> but it's not they they're good at coffee though. Their coffee's so good. Well they've al- I've always noticed they've had like these um I know they have the percolators, but they also have like Keurigs, like the coffee yeah, bags. That's- you can do you can do actually like hot water for a tea with those, I guess. Yeah. See, that's what they should be doing rather than microwaving it. Yeah. <laughs> what, we need, what we need to do is we need to do a video of how to make tea properly so that people can actually see. You know, those that don't have a kettle can see a new way of doing it. Yeah. The right way. The right way. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've discussed almost everything. I'm sure we have. We've discussed many subjects. Is there anything else you, you would like to add to the show? Oh my goodness. Um, Pressure's on. Not that I can think of, apart from thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And for it was nice, nice, to, uh, nice to chat about some random stuff. That's what it's about. It's, good it's, it's about learning about the music and then learning about you as well. Yeah. How, how you actually get to the music. <laughs> that to me is always the most fascinating part. Well, thank you, Vic, for coming on. Everybody, check out I Can, and we'll see you all next time. That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews and general chit-chat on all things country music.